It's Tuesday, September 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians uh, lose again in extra innings, 5-4. to four. Uh, Emmanuel Classe enters the 10th inning with a one-run lead, but the uh, Giants start with a runner on second base, uh, and almost immediately he gives up an RBI single to tie the game, blowing his 11th, uh, you know, major league leading 11th save um, in that situation, and uh, goes on, uh, you know, a few pitches later actually uh, to to give up the uh, the game on a line drive single by Lamont Wade. Uh, Wade with three hits in the ball game, uh, really sort of a thorn in the side of uh, the Guardians there, made a couple of nice defensive plays as well. Uh, just a, a game that started off and, and it looked like uh, things were going to go Cleveland's way. Uh, and, you know, by the time they get to that uh, that extra inning situation, it's uh, something that we've we've seen over and over again with Class A, uh, just uh, not able to to get the job done with a one run lead. Yeah, Joe, uh, just uh, really a, a, a difficult game to lose. And, uh, you know, this is what, Class A's second blown save on the trip. He's, what, two for three in save situations on this trip. Um, just, uh, you know, just, I mean, a discouraging loss. I mean, when you when you play as hard as, as, as the Guardians did to get that lead in a place where they never win, I mean, uh, you know, and in San Francisco is a tough place for them to play. And, you know, they get the lead, uh, they hand it to the, the all-star closer, and it's gone in in a heartbeat. Uh, it's got to be discouraging. This this team looks like it's just waiting to be eliminated. To me, Joe. I mean, they had another chance to gain a game on the Twins. They let that slip away. I mean, what's that? Twice they could have gained games that's, on the Twins on this trip. That's twice on this trip that they they lost after the Twins had already lost earlier in the day and. You know the lead that was at uh, six and a half, uh, seven and a half when they, uh, you know, came out here. It, it it stays at now seven and a half games, and their their elimination number keeps going down because they keep losing. Uh, it's it's now eleven. Uh, you know, it's uh, the any combination of of losses by the Guardians or wins by the Twins uh, that equals eleven now gives the Twins the division championship. Yeah, instead of the uh, magic number, it's a tragic number, Joe. And the countdown is on, and these guys look like they can't wait to to you know they can't wait for this thing to be over. So, you know, they're, at least they're playing like that to me, and uh, it's it's too bad. You know, like we've said before, uh, Terry Francona's final season. You know, if that's how this thing shakes out, is is going to be his worst season in Cleveland. Yeah, that's the the sense that you get. Uh, you know, a year ago at this time, there there was all this momentum and all this energy, and you know the 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 team full of seventeen uh, you know rookies, uh, you know that who had made their debut during the year, uh, and they didn't know what they didn't know, and they 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 just sort of you know went with it uh, throughout the month of September and dominated. Uh, and, and that's the, the exact opposite right now. You walk into that clubhouse and nobody's talking, nobody's, uh, you know, got an expression on their face like they're they're happy to be there. I think uh, you, you said it right. The, they, they mostly are just trying to play out the string and, and trying to get out of uh, get get out of here to the postseason or to the uh, to the offseason uh, for these guys. Uh, and, and, and that's not to say that, you know, when they're out there on the field, they're not playing hard and they're not giving the effort that they uh the the Tito demands of them it's just that they kind of see the writing on the wall and they they realize that that this sort of isn't their year for it 
Yeah, Joe. And, I, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of, you know, they they made all the trades before the deadline. Uh, they brought some veterans in, but it's hard to meld a, a, a team, you know, a, a team uh, unity, a team culture, uh, you know, on the fly like that in the last, what, six weeks of the season. That's that's hard to do. You know, even, you know, Cole Calhoun has done a nice job in that role. But, you know, you can't come in there and be the savior if you if nobody knows you, you know. So, I mean, I just think it's 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 a kind of a bad mix. They're trying to make the best of it. And, uh, you know, you just kind of hold your nose and get to the end, get to the finish line. Yeah, I keep going back to that question of at the trade deadline, did this team just sort of sell the season when they they unloaded veterans like Ahmed Rosario and Josh Bell and Aaron Savali? Uh, You know, Rosario, you knew you knew kind of what he was and what you were giving away. uh, But there was a a leadership quality there in the clubhouse and a, a presence that. Uh, hasn't been there since he's been gone. Uh, Bell uh, apparently was a hitter all along, and you just he just needed to be in Miami in order to find it. Uh, maybe maybe Cleveland wasn't the place for him uh, from the beginning. Uh, and and Savali, whether or not you were going to get uh, you know results from him uh, that you needed, uh, he he was a guy who had had come up through this organization and sort of represented what uh, what the the pitching factory was capable of and. Uh, you know, just not having him there took away some of the depth in that rotation and forced you to go with these um, these rookies as much as you have. And and that might not in the long run be an entirely you know terrible thing. But uh, I think his his uh, his trade was the one that sort of signaled to everybody in that room. Hey, uh, we don't think you guys can can get this together and get it done. So we're looking to the future now. Uh, and and making a move that that best positions them uh, for that. So, uh, you know, again, those three moves, we we keep going back to this uh, as as the the sort of the signal here for, you know, when the when the season uh, sort of went south. Uh, And again, it's still not completely gone. We we keep having to write the line in there that there's still a chance, but that chance is is rapidly shrinking. And, you know, when you don't have the heart behind it, I don't think there there's a. Uh, there's a, a really good chance that, that anything miraculous is going to happen. Yeah, Joe. I mean, mathematically, they're still in it. They're still playing one-run games. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, you would really have to pull a rabbit out of the hat to uh, to to get back into contention. But you know, that the Twins are far from a perfect team. Uh, they played much better than Cleveland. You got to give them credit since the All-Star break. But they're beatable and they're catchable. You know, Cleveland won the season series. Uh, but they just, to me, they, they just, they, they score so few runs. Every run is so precious to them that, you know, they never, they never give their pitching staff a break. They're ne- they never give their bullpen a break. They never give them enough elbow room to make a mistake, to make one mistake. It's always one run games. It's been that way for two years. And, you know, it's just, you know, really hard. You know, when, when you're winning those games, it's great. And when you're losing them, you know, you, you, you think it's the end of the world. So it's, it's, you know, just, uh, it's a, it's a hard line to walk. And you just, you, you know, there's no doubt what this team needs. It needs more offense and, you know, to, to ease the burden on all phases of this uh, roster. Yeah. You know, you've got a manager in place who's, who's pretty good at, you know, navigating, uh, you know, a, a, a one run game like that here and there. He, he knows what he's doing. 
but to have to do it consistently every night is is sort of it's an untenable situation. You, you you can't do it every single night, and I think that might contribute to the you know sort of the feeling for for Tito like hey you know it's it's time uh, you know the you know the body and the heart are telling him it's time to go, but uh, you know also the the setup and the situation uh, kind of can read the writing on the wall too. It's like if I've got to go out and, and win one run games every night, uh, you know, for the next however many years, uh, it, it's 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 going to do more damage than good to him uh, as a person as a whole. Uh, how does the, the front office sort of flip that formula and go from this team that wins or, or plays in one run games to 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 being a team that can spread games out that, you know, it, is money the all the all the almighty separator can is is spending money the only way that they can you know by going out and getting a bat or signing a free agent or doing something is, is that the way that they can do it or do they have to be a little more crafty and and uh you know find a a, a trade candidate that uh you know puts them in a better situation well you know i guess you know they tried the free agent route you know with uh with uh, uh bell and and zanino it didn't work um, you know that they, they, they weren't they weren't shopping in you know the top shelf of the free agent market. I mean, I guess they could have gone out and got a better you know a better brand of hitter, you know a more talented hitter. But you know when when those moves were made, I think people you know okay, you know were sitting there thinking. I know I was sitting thinking this is a good move. You know, I mean mm-hmm. this makes sense. And uh, so that those didn't work. I you know I would think uh, they've got to make a trade, Joe. I think. They've tried to make trades. They've tried to make trades the last two years. Uh, it, it hasn't worked. You know, they tried uh, 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 to make trades with Oakland the last two years to get some of their key players. A couple guys that have gone to uh, to uh, the Braves, Sean Murphy. Um, you know, they they were in on him. And uh, the the year before, they were who, who's the first baseman? Uh, Matt Olson. Matt Olson. Yeah. Who's- who just hit 50 home runs, right? 50 I mean, home runs. Mm-hmm. You know, so how, what would he look like playing first base in in this lineup? I mean, you know, they've tried to and they've tried to do that, and they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to continue to do it that way. Yeah, I I just wonder. You know, you, you said the the moves to get Bell and and Zanino. You know, at, at the time they were, we all thought they were good moves, but did we think that they were good moves? Because they were good Guardians moves, or just be, or because they were good baseball moves, you know, they were moves that sort of fit the the Guardians mo, their their mode of operation, their you know whatever. Uh, but you know, as a other teams would probably not make those moves. So we've got ourselves convinced that this is a good move for the Guardians because it fits in the you know the the constraints of their budget or you know whatever they they think they can do. Uh, but you know, if you take a step back and look at it from a bigger baseball perspective, maybe these moves, you know, aren't as as good as as we thought they were. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, Zanino obviously couldn't play anymore. Uh, I think they saw that in spring training. That's why they carried three catchers. You know, they opened the season with three catchers. They were always trying to protect him, protect the, uh, you know, the lineup. They couldn't play him, you know, every day. Uh, but he just, he was, unfortunately, he was done, you know, good guy, but he physically, he could not play anymore. Uh, Bell was just kind of a weird, you know, I mean, I I liked the acquisition when they made it, but you know, like you said, Joe, he didn't start hitting until he went to Miami and got no, I don't know what, what the deal was. I mean, he, he was still a, 
you know, he was still what? He had still hit 11 home runs here and he was one of their top RBI guys. But, you know, he, he just wasn't producing at the level that, uh, you know, that they, I think they expected. And uh, it just didn't work out. Yeah, Bell, uh, Bell seemed to hit uh, in, in all of his home parks. You know, when he went back to, to the Nationals' uh, home park, when he went back to, to Pittsburgh's home park, when he went back to uh, San Diego's home park, he, he would hit in those parks. The only home park that he didn't hit in it was Cleveland. So Yeah, we'll have to uh, wait till he comes around with another team next year. <laughs> yeah, just to test the theory, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, hey, uh, I want to mention to our, our, our listeners, uh, subtext, you can subscribe at 216-208-4346. Uh, that's the number to send a text message to, uh, $3.99 a month, uh, to sign up and get, uh, access to Hoinsey and myself, uh, texting, uh, with updates about the guardians and the latest from, uh, Tito's press conferences and what's going on behind the scenes in the clubhouse. Uh, log on to cleveland.com slash subtext to sign up there. Hoinsey last night, uh, Josh Bell did something that no Cleveland player has ever done before. And it's not like there have been a lot of opportunities for Cleveland players uh, to hit balls into McCovey Cove. Uh, the aforementioned splash hit, which is uh, they keep a, a running total on the uh, on a digital scoreboard on the wall in right field here at Oracle Park. Uh, they only track uh, a Giants splash hits, balls that leave the ballpark and land on the fly in the water in McCovey Cove. Uh, Josh Naylor in the third inning off Alex Cobb after Jose Ramirez had reached on an error by Brandon Crawford. Uh, Naylor gets up and absolutely obliterated a ball into uh, right field over the wall into the water. A splash hit the first Cleveland player ever to do so. Uh, and that uh, becomes the 62nd ball hit by an opposing player at Pac Bell or I'm sorry, at Pac Bell Park at Oracle Park. Uh, on the fly into the water, uh, 164 total splash hits in major league games, uh, have been hit. Uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of a neat thing to see when it happens. And, and Josh Naylor, uh, was the first, uh, first Cleveland player to do it. Yeah, that was really cool. What? 422 feet. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he, he just, that, that was a, that's, that's a hard part. I think it's a hard part to hit home runs in, especially at that time of day, you know, it gets cooler, you know, the marine layer is in there, and, but he hammered that ball. And I, yeah. I love to see the kayak guys going to, and guys with nets chasing the ball. And, uh, you know, I don't know who got it. I hope, hopefully. Well, McCovey Cove Dave is the guy who got it. He wears a shirt that says he's McCovey <laughs> Cove Dave, and he sits in a kayak, and he sits there for every game. And, you know, I, I had taken a walk around the park just to sort of go out there on the wall and, and stand there and sort of see uh, where all this stuff was going. I took a picture and I saw exactly where that ball uh, landed. And it was not very far from uh, McCovey Cove Dave. He paddled over and, and picked it up. So it's, it's pretty cool to, to see. Uh, and you're right about that park playing big, especially as it gets later at night, because uh, in the eighth inning, uh, I believe it was, Bo Naylor, who was at the plate, and uh, he had runners on, and it was, um, yeah, the eighth inning, he had two runners on base and a chance to sort of break the game wide open. He hit a ball into the right center field gap uh, that probably would have been about 10 rows deep at progressive field, 
particularly, uh, you know, this time of year at that, uh, you know, with the temperature being what it was. Uh, Instead, that part of the ballpark here at Oracle is 415 feet away. And uh, the ball died on the warning track and, uh, you know, it was a a fly out to end the inning. So, uh, you know, that uh, three-run home run in the eighth inning would have changed things dramatically for Cleveland. Uh, Unfortunately, Bo Naylor hit that ball just a bit too far to the left. Uh, and, and, you know, again, this, it's a matter of the, the park plays differently at, at different times of the day. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, Cole Calhoun, you know, hit, hit a ball to the track in what left center that, that, you know, that looked pretty good and that died in the, uh, in the sixth inning. But, you know, you know, I think, uh, you know, as bad as this road trip has been, Joe, Bo Naylor's really had a good trip. What he had a couple hits last night. They intentionally walk him in the tenth inning. That's that's kind of a, sh- a sign of respect for a rookie, don't you think? Yeah, it's a sign of respect for the rookie. But uh, again, you've got Miles Straw batting yeah. after uh, batting behind you, so I don't know if uh, if it's yeah, that's more true respect too. for for uh, for him or for hey, we know we can get this guy out uh, right now because Straw's not hitting the ball well. Uh, Tito talked about Stephen Kwan, who's uh, you know it's a bit of a homecoming for Stephen Kwan. Uh, this week as as he grew up in the Bay Area, uh, came to Giants games and, uh, you know, a chance for him to play in this ballpark. Uh, defensively, he had a great night making plays uh, out there in left field, uh, and he came up with an RBI single in the eighth inning uh, that, you know, had tied the game and, and gave uh, gave the Guardians a, a chance to sort of stay in it. Uh, Quan, if you look at him uh, over the last, uh, over his first two seasons, uh, the numbers are, are pretty identical. Uh, you know, the batting average is a bit lower this year, uh, and the, the on-base percentage is a bit lower this year. Uh, but for the most part, you know, Tito said, you know, they've, they've, they've let him go and they haven't protected him that the way that they have a lot of the young guys uh, that they, they've brought up over the last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, they don't not – they bat him against uh, left-handed starters. They, they don't worry about that. Um, they put him in the leadoff spot. They give him a lot of responsibility. Uh, but Tito says that he thinks that there's more in there uh, out of Quan as he continues to develop. That he's expecting, you know, uh, you know, sort of bigger and better things from from Quan as he gets to know the league and he gets bigger and stronger and understands what he can do. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I think that's a good point. You know, he's starting to turn on those inside fastballs more, Joe. You know, he's you know, people have kind of had been beating him inside, pitchers had been beating him inside. Now he's turning on those balls and you know, taking them to right field or driving the ball a little bit. And he's always got that that ability to kind of drop a single in in the in the left field. You know, just uh, and you know, he hits a line. He's a, he's a line drive. You know, he hits line drives. I don't think uh, you know. Um, um, the, you know, they think they think one day that he'll be able to maybe hit 10 to 15 to 17, 18 home runs a year. We'll we'll have to see if that happens. But he certainly, uh, you know, has been consistent. I think in the leadoff spot, and it's that's a tough job. We've talked about it before, Joe, because you know if you don't hit, you're always getting like two or three extra at bats, and your average can take a beating. You know, because you're, you're you're in that leadoff spot, and so you gotta, you know, just you're fighting just to keep your nose above water. And I think I think he's done a great job this year. Yeah, his ability to get on base and his command of the strike zone uh, hasn't wavered. I I don't think uh, over the first two seasons. So uh, 
again, the more you, you, you watch him and the more you watch him play and the more you get comfortable with him in that leadoff spot, uh, you wonder what the front office is, is thinking about, you know, the back the Brinks truck up and, and, and try and lock this guy up, you know, long term and make him, uh, you know, one of these pieces that, uh, that, that, that is around for whatever manager is sitting in that seat next year so that he doesn't have to worry about penciling in a, a leadoff hitter every night. Yeah, you know, that, that's a good point. And you know, I'm just wondering, what do you think? Do, 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 does the deal that Andres Jimenez signed, that they signed a, a Jimenez to uh, at the start of this season, does that make them a little leery of of going in on a younger player until they get a better read on him? Well, and, and I think the the deal that Miles Straw signed uh, yeah. you know, before before last season is is also. If you look at the uh, the guys that they have signed up for for contracts right now. Uh, Straw, Classe, Jimenez, uh, you know, all, and Stefan, uh, as, as soon as these guys signed their deals, they, they became less consistent. And, and it was, it's almost a, a you know, a pattern that, that we, we've seen. Uh, so, you know, maybe if you, you sign Juan to a long-term deal, you take away what's, what's making him, uh, special in these first two years. Uh, I don't know if that might be a reason to be gun shy about putting a deal on the table before you have to. Yeah, you know, and and I think you're always looking at the clock. You know, you're looking, you know, where the where this guy is in his career. Do we do we think, uh, you know, what what do you project him to be? You know, uh, you know, Jimenez is really kind of taking a step back to me. He's, you know, especially offensively, defensively. Uh, hopefully, he wins the Gold Glove again. But you know, yeah. we'll have to see. But he's played great defense. There's no doubt about that. But, Joe, there's a lot of guys that, out there that can play a good second base, could play good up the middle. You know, you got to you got to swing the bat, too. Yeah, that's uh, I'm, I, if the season ended today, I would expect Andres Jimenez uh, to be the uh, uh, to be a two time gold glove winner and, and probably win multiple awards uh, for his defense. Uh, but he's not he's not blowing anybody away with his offense uh, this year. That's for sure. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh, another uh, game tonight at uh, Oracle Park. Uh, the, the Guardians sending Cal Quantrill back out there uh, for another start. Uh, he's been really good in his last two outings uh, against Minnesota and against the Angels. Uh, what are we expecting to see uh, tonight out of Cal? Yeah, two uh, quality starts, six innings each since, uh, you know, Quantrill came off the IL. I think he's going to, you know, he looks like a guy that's, Really on a mission to finish strong, Joe. To uh, you know, like we said, he's. I'm sure he's looking at those three young guys in the rotation. And he's figuring out where do I fit next year. So you know, he he knows he has has to pitch well. And to me, he looks healthy, Joe. I don't know about you, but he looks like you know he looks under control. He looks like he know he's got a plan. He's throwing that split finger you know, a pitch that he worked on all off season and really didn't get a chance to throw. He's thrown the splitter more. I think, uh, I think he's in, in line for a good start tonight. Of course, uh left-hander on the mound because that's what teams are doing, uh, have been doing all season long. As soon as they know they're playing the guardians, they line up their lefties, uh, Sean Manaya uh, on the mound for San Francisco. Uh, they'll face another lefty and Kyle Harrison uh, on the, the last game of the series on getaway day. So, uh, you know, and hopefully this uh, this big park that that plays differently at night and is harder to hit home runs in, uh, you know, helps Cal Quantrill out tonight. Uh, we'll see what the uh, the Guardians can do. Uh, we'll check back in uh, tomorrow before the game on the um, 
Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Hoynesy, we'll talk to you then. Good deal, Joe.